Welcome back to Drop Into Life Podcast, Episode 2. Today, I chat with my friend Stephen about our recent skydiving experience. Stephen shares his personal story of past drug use and his powerful testimony of redemption. Lastly, we touch on the importance of serving others around us. This is an episode you don't want to miss, exclusively on Drop Me Into Life Podcast. And before we start, enjoy this excerpt of my guest playing the guitar. Hello and welcome to Drop Into Life Podcast, Episode 2. My guest today is my friend Steven. We first met in middle school and now we've recently connected to do some amazing things. What's up, Steven? How you guys doing? It's a privilege to be here, Stefano. I really appreciate you inviting me onto your second podcast ever. Um, heard, heard the first one with Ogechi and it was very encouraging. Nice, man. Nice, nice. And you know what, man? Laying the groundwork for, for more episodes to come. In Jesus' name, be good. Uh, so I just want to get right into it. We did something really cool recently, something that's on a lot of people's bucket lists. What did we do? For sure. We actually went skydiving. Stefano and I went um, about two weeks ago. It was his first time. It was my second time. And every every time I go, even if I were to go a million times, it would still give you the same adrenaline rush every single time. So what did you think of it, Stefano? I thought it was pretty cool. Honestly... I talked with Steve, I was talking with Steven actually one day, I was texting him, and then he just asked me simultaneously out of the blue, you want to go skydiving? And I was like, uh, yeah, I do, but I don't have the funds to do it, because, you know, I'm still paying off bills, I'm still doing that type of stuff, so I didn't want to, I didn't want to go because I didn't want to spend too much. But then, my boy Steven over here, he offered to pay for me, so then that changed everything, I actually decided to go, and yeah, I had a great time. It was my first time, but actually Steven's second time, so... I want to ask you first about that. First of all, what? how crazy are you and why would you do it not only once but twice? Well, I guess, I mean, if you could say crazy in a good way uh, or whatever way, whatever way your perception of, of crazy is, I, I, I enjoy the, um, the thrill, the thrill of, of doing something that people normally wouldn't have done due to the tech, the lack of technology a thousand years ago, or even 500 years ago, or even 300 years ago. Um, just the fact that you're defying all, pretty much laws of physics, you're jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. <laughs> now, who would do that? Um, but I just found it so interesting that you can actually do such a, you know, have enjoy that experience and live to tell about it. Um, but it's just so unique, the, the the rush of actually jumping out of an airplane and free falling at 120 miles per hour from 15,000 feet the second time it's just beyond me it truly I was able to see the the nature and glory of God just throughout all his creation it was just so beautiful um and I would definitely recommend it to anybody um crazy or not crazy just do it uh do it to say that you did it but just do it to enjoy the simple fact that you know God's creation is so beautiful so that's, that's what I would say. So I encourage it to anybody. Nice, nice. And you told me, uh, you told me around the time that we went that the first time we went skydiving, uh, the first time you went skydiving, you went actually at a lower altitude, right? 12,000 feet? Yeah, I was actually 12,000, 12,500 feet. Um, I went to the Pocono mountain range and uh, jumped from there. This time, Stefano and I had jumped from Sussex County. It was called a, a place called Sussex Skydive where it has the highest jump, pos- highest possible jump um, 
in the East Coast. So we jumped from 15,000 feet, which was pretty wild. That's like half, almost half the, the height of Mount Everest, if you think about it. That's crazy, man. And you know what? Listen, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I encourage anyone, everyone to go skydiving because it's such an amazing experience. And you know what? I'm not even a, a Six Flags type person. I'm not one of those people that goes on rides like King the Car, roller coasters, <laughs> anything. So it's even crazy for me that I did that. But I think the reason why I did skydiving is honestly because it's a big bucket list thing. And I thought of it on a grander scale. Like this is something that a once in a lifetime type thing that I might not. I mean, I might do it again, but I might not do it again. And you know what? It's quite amazing jumping out of an airplane. It, it looks like an incredible experience. Yeah. When I looked on YouTube, it was kind of, yeah, it looked pretty interesting. But yeah, I encourage everyone to go do it. And also, furthermore, I did uh, post on my Instagram that I would, uh, you know, asking you guys, would you guys like me to do an Instagram live when I, right before I took the jump, basically, and then after I took the jump. Uh, but unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, that didn't really work out, okay? Um, there was only one viewer, Eddie, thank you. But uh, that's not really the problem. Um, I feel like if I were to have the choice to do it again, I wouldn't necessarily do that. But we're on the podcast, so I'll tell you how it was. It was an amazing experience, like I said. I actually, when we jumped out of the airplane, I jumped out before you, right? Because the guy that I was with, he asked you... Would you like me or you to jump out first? Yeah. And then you volunteered me, right? Yeah, I said I said that you should go because you've never done it before. And uh, I was perfectly okay with going, you know, going second. I had no problem. And I guess you could say that the motive behind me even throwing it out there and saying, um, don't worry about it, man. Don't worry about, you know, the funds. Just come skydiving. Just actually let's do it. Um, was watching a few... Uh, Yes Theory videos. I'm sure you've you've heard of Yes Theory. If not, go check out their YouTube channel. But uh, I just saw, you know, these guys are just, you know, random people who are doing crazy adventure stuff. And I was like, why not take somebody on an adventure? Um, you know, you only, you have this one, this life and you live it only one time. But the money, everybody's so focused on money in this, in this world. And it's it's you can't buy money and you can't i mean money is priceless money is is honestly it's, it's a monopolized um form of living i i can't i can't see myself ever living for money working being a slave for the dollar so i went on a limb and i was like you know let me try to find the, the people that uh, i care the most about and just Let's let's do this, let's do this adventure called life. Let's live this yeah, adventure. So I love that man. And you only have one life, you know. What I mean, I, a lot of people I know that there was this there was this fad of saying YOLO uh, a lot, like a what a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't really hear people saying it now, but they said they said they were saying it, what a few years ago, right? And I think it, it at the end of the day, you only live once. That's a very true fact, you know. what I mean, so I feel like taking this opportunity to go jump is is something that everyone should go do. Um, Steven, it seems like you just, you just got a text before we started this podcast, right? And from your friend that asked you to go skydiving again, will you go? Yeah, honestly, if I had the opportunity, I would. Um, but unfortunately, actually not even unfortunately, I won't be going because I will be going to the Adirondacks, um, this weekend. Uh, so Friday morning, right after I leave work, I'm going to be all packed up and ready to go. And, uh, my friend, his wife and their daughter, we're all going to be just going, like taking a family kind of road trip up there um and just hiking the adirondacks camping out there for a day and and just spending the weekend out there but yeah i definitely would go if i had nothing planned that friday i without a doubt without a doubt 
Okay, cool, man. And yeah, you've talked about nature, you've talked about God's creation, the earth, so it seems like you're really into outdoorsy type stuff. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, okay, that's pretty cool, man. That's unique, man. Not everyone's like that. I mean, I can do it to a certain extent. I know you went on a hike before, too, but yeah. I, at a certain extent, I feel like that. <laughs> I don't know. That kind of stops for me. I can do city, too, you know what I mean? I feel like the city may be a little bit more my style or, you know what I mean? But that's pretty cool, man. Unique stuff. Um, yeah, so... And one last thing about skydiving. Do you have anything to say to anyone who's afraid of it? Because I, I've talked to a lot of people post my skydive, after my skydive, saying, you know, I never do that. Even my aunt was like, you know, she's like, we don't do that. We don't do that. And I think that what she meant to say was black people don't do that. I'm going to be quite honest. I think that's what she meant. And so I just want to be honest and say to anyone who is skeptical or afraid and of doing that, why should they go skydiving? Well, if you live life just having having fear hold you back for every decision and choice that you make have you really lived life i mean yeah you can say oh i'm just trying to be careful with this god-given life that he's given me and i'm not trying to risk it okay i understand but you know if it's his will to take your life while doing something like that it's his will if not you know what what's it going to cost you um yeah it may cost you your life to jump out of an airplane but you got the second parachute and if you don't then it's the Lord's will to take your life. But honestly, it's I guess it's everybody's perception on their fear of death. If you're afraid of dying, are you afraid of dying? Um, do you know where you will go after you die? Um, but my, my thing was, you know, why, why be afraid of, of something that, that just seemed like a normal opportunity? It was literally, for me, it's different with every person, I guess you could say. So yeah, it will differ from person to person so if you are terribly afraid of of heights uh, for me I, I personally love heights and and you know cliff jumping and skydiving and being on tall buildings or whatever I'm not the ones that I'm not the type of person who hang from a tall building and that's in my opinion playing with death but I'm essentially playing with death by jumping out of an airplane mm. as well. I don't see so. it that way, but uh, I mean, I guess other people looking at it from another perspective might say, yeah, you know, he's putting his life in, on the line. I wouldn't really do that. Yeah. Let me tell you, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I had to sign a lot of, I had to check off a lot of things on this yeah. iPad and, and sign my signature a ton of times before I was skydiving. Sign your life away. Yeah, but you know what? My life is still here. Thank God, I, there's still things for me to That's do, right. still life to be lived. Dropping into life is a lifestyle. It's an everyday thing, you know. It's not That's just the right. title of the podcast or my blog or anything else. It is actually a lifestyle of pushing back against fear, in Jesus' name, like you said. Pushing, yeah. And also, yeah, just trying to live your life to the fullest, try new things, and get the most out of life. That's it. That's what dropping into yeah. life is. And that's what we literally did, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we dropped so, 15,000 feet into uh, back to reality. <laughs> yeah, so I we encourage, uh, I'm sure Stephen endorses, I endorse skydiving. Um, it was pretty crazy. Uh, I actually fell out backwards. You know what I mean? <laughs> my back was pointed towards the ground, my feet yeah. towards the sky, and I saw the airplane as I jumped away, I believe. That's but pretty cool. Honestly, experiences like that are stuff you don't get every day, and I came back alive, so everyone should go do that. Um, go to your local skydiving place. <laughs> Make sure it's safe, of course, do your research. But then after that, Go do it because Jump. everyone should do it. And even if you're not a roller coaster person, go do it. Blue skies. But anyways, uh, is that a place? No, this is just like oh, the skies are blue. Say. The okay. skies are blue, blue skies. Just, just time to go. Yeah, <laughs> very good, very good. Um, so on another note, 
now moving on from that and pushing back against fear, I want to get a little bit more personal with you, Stephen, because I want the viewer, the not even the viewers, the listeners, to really get uh, an inside look on you. So let's talk about some personal stuff. This is dropping to like podcast. This is getting to know your story. And what I say is that the stories that are told in this podcast are a reflection of of our everyone else's story. You know, all the listeners, my story, your story, all sure. that, right? Intertwined because we're all living this life here together. We're all trying to figure out what's going on. And you get me? Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, like I said, personal things, right? So recently, I'm your friend, so I know this. I asked you before if we could talk about this. Um, so you're, uh, I don't know. So your parents separated, right, at a certain point in time. I want to know what I want and what year did that happen? It happened about two years, three years ago, from my from my understanding. But tell tell me when that happened. How did the your parents' separation affect you, um, and how are you moving on from it uh, now? Yeah. So um, as Stefano mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, we've known each other since middle school, and um, pretty much since seventh grade. And uh, my freshman year. In high school, this private Christian high school that him and I both met each other at, um, he left his freshman year. I want to say, no, your, your eighth grade year eighth grade after year. you graduated, you left. After middle school. Yeah, you went to Bloomfield High School, and uh, I stood one more year in the private Christian um, high school. And during that time, my parents had their little fallouts and stuff like that. Uh, long story short, they got separated and it took four years until the actual divorce. And within those four years, um, my paradigm was completely just mangled and shattered. And just my life was turned upside down because growing up in a uh, in a house where being an only child, especially, uh, I was given just about everything. My parents gave me a beautiful room, a, you know, a beautiful life. My life was 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 I guess you could say perfect to the perfect to the teenage boy who lived at home wouldn't have to worry about anything. He was fed three times a day, even more so. He had his video games and that's all he needed. I mean, I was a I was a young teenage kid and that's all I focused on. That was my life. And when they got divorced and my mom had no money and my dad didn't have enough money to support, um, because he was going through his own things, I eventually had to go to a public school and you know, hearing certain stereotypical um, ideas and things about public school kind of left me in fear. But nonetheless, I I went on and went to Belleville High School. And it kind of woke me up a little bit as far as gave me a, a punch in the face of reality of how this world really operates, how this world lives. And I was sucked into the world, serving the world system. And um, what do you mean by that? If I can just stop you. Real quick, serving the world system, what do you mean by that? Serving the world, the satanic deception, the lies from the enemy. Um, if you do not understand what I'm talking about, it's the sin that we all have. From the fall of mankind, Adam and Eve fell. We all have this, this curse, this disease within us, within our hearts. It's called sin, and we are plagued with it. Um, even after a conversion, after after believing in, in Christ, but... As we know, we all know the verse Jeremiah, and if you don't, Jeremiah seventeen nine says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Who can know it? So it's that was my heart, and it was made manifest as I went through this secular, this secular high school, this, and obtained my secular education. 
Um, so in this time, I was trying to find myself, trying to really dig deep and see who I was as a person because my relationship with my father began to become distant as well as with my mother and even with my friends. I distanced myself um, ever so slightly from the ones who truly cared about me and who who really were considered my friend. And then eventually that little bit of distance became a great um, a great ravine. And one individual that I kind of separated myself with was was Stefano right here, who is uh, the leader of this, who's the creator of this podcast and the founder of it. Um, and he stuck by my side um, throughout all these four years that I was trying to, I guess you could say, find myself, but looking for all the wrong ways to find myself. I uh, got involved into drug use and just totally... My life was going out of control. It was it was spiraling out of control, and and uh, people may say, "Oh, it's not that bad," because you know you were so young and you got back up on your feet. But I look back, and you know God meant it for good. There was a will, His will. There's a lot of people say, "I I don't know my will." You know God's will for my life. Or if you're not even a Christian, you know some people may say, you know, you just live this life one time, and, and that's it. After you die, you hit the dirt and well, that's a meaningless life. That's that's a pointless life to live and to eventually die and go into the earth. Wouldn't you agree that living a life without any idea or 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 desire to serve a creator is is, or even just the idea of of a non-existent being, a, a no God, just live life. You you happen by chance, so you might as well die by chance and and live life by chance everything is by chance i don't think that's a meaningful life so therefore i continue to seek my purpose in this life in this journey um after high school i found a well actually during high school my senior year i found a passion and it was guitar um but i also found another passion um and that was the word of god that was the holy bible that was god's word and I started to read it um, here and there, not really giving my whole life and time dedicated into it, but I knew my background, I knew my roots. My parents grew me, raised me a, a Christian um, in a Christian home, and uh, they constantly fed the Word of God into me. But I was in denial. I I kind of feared and fell away from the Bible. I thought I was saved, but I was not truly saved because my life made it manifest, living a life of uh, immorality and pharmacia, drug use and everything like that. So eventually, you know, God started calling me to himself. He started pulling me toward his word and I just started really reading more and reading, reading, reading and, and realizing that, you know, we've, we've all fallen, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We've all have disobeyed God. Romans 2 says uh, that there's none righteous, there's none good. We're all evil and, and inherently evil. And God is inherently good and God is the only good being. And, and because of my immorality, I couldn't see past it because my pride was so big. I was so focused on giving, giving my life the best feeling in the moment, living for the moment, but in reality, I was I was sending myself further away from God. Um, and as I kept reading, every time, reading the Bible, of, of course, uh, every time I 
did my drugs, my conviction grew stronger and stronger and stronger. And uh, eventually I, I started realizing that there's, there's no, you know, there's no way to actually get right with God. There's only one. Um, you can't do anything. There, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified, as it says in Romans. And we, we could try to do good works every single day to try to please God, but it's filthy rags, as the Bible says. So I realized the imputation of Christ's righteousness, and I, toward the end of my senior year, and beginning of my freshman year in, in college, I got saved, gave my okay. life to Christ, and, okay. and that was... Yeah, that was a lot to unpack, man. And you know what? Um, I, I I let you go. I, I wanted to hear... I, I want... First of all, it was good for me to hear that, but also I believe it's good for my my listeners to hear that because I, I know that not all of my listeners uh, are really are going to be Christian, and my goal is to have a wide listener base, you know what I mean? Because the unique stories that we're talking about can be for everyone or for everyone to listen to. And so this is part of your unique story. I mean, God is part of my unique story as well. And the story that he's still, you know, he's already written, but we're seeing revealed every day, right? Um, So I want to go back to something that you said before. So you said you were using, so at a certain point, um, you, after your parents separated, you went into uh, public high school, right? And yeah, then yeah. basically you were saying that you started to get into drug use and you were kind of being tossed around by the wind. You didn't really have a, a rooted identity, right? Um, right? So what would you say to anyone listening to the podcast right now who is maybe even taking drugs and doesn't know really a way out? What would you say to somebody who uh, is struggling in secular high school or in high school in general? And what would you say to somebody who doesn't, I don't know, just feels off, like doesn't feel right in their life right now. Like, what would you say to them? Well, any, any worldly cure, per se, cure of a problem, the world is going to offer you, you know, psychology, from, from psychologists to medication to drugs even to, you know, the six, the six li- the life hack six-step program on how to make your life better and how to make you happy. All that does not work whatsoever. Yeah, you may have, actually, no, I should say, you may find happiness for a season, but it will not grant you eternal happiness, and it will leave you void and empty and lacking and having a desire, an innate desire still for something greater. And that was me. I I tried, you know, drug use. And if there is anybody who is struggling with drugs, and I'm not going to say I was, you know, the heroin addict who who was dope sick and... No, I was not like that. Praise the Lord, I was not to that extent. But it was it, it consumed my life and it consumed my mind, and therefore I craved it and desired it so I could fulfill, you know, First John says, you know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and that's that's what I was doing, um, and not doing the will of God. So if anybody is struggling with that, I'll tell you, you will not find your cure there. The cure is in Christ and Christ alone. Amen. He is He is what. I took hold of and once I found I I, and I tasted and saw that the Lord was good I I didn't want anything else because I realized this life is nothing without the King the Creator Christ himself and he gave himself as a ransom so that I can actually be reconciled with the one true God so a summary for that drugs will not help world will not help 
yeah. Christ and God Same. Himself is the only one who could help. So yeah, um, his advice, and I would I would second exactly what he's saying. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit speaking through him, and I would say, um, try God. That's what I say, and I don't just mean any God. We're Christian here, and we mean the God of the Bible. We mean what we we believe that the God of the Bible is the one true God. We mean the one true God. We mean the great God Almighty. We mean the God of the Bible. So. Um, I, we believe that you should try it out, try church, try that stuff and see, you know, it says, it says in the Bible that test him, you know what I mean? That's right. Not to just provoke him, you know, but if you're really serious about knowing whether he's real, test him, you know what I mean? So that, that would be his, uh, my friend's advice here, Stephen, and that would be my advice as well. Uh, yeah, so that, that's a powerful story, man. And I do remember when, you know you were, you know, you were off doing, you know, certain things and, and your personality kind of changed. And I, w- I was kind of feeling that. And, you know, it's, it's pretty sad. Um, if I could I- just add real quick, um, while I was going through all of that, Stefano did not once leave my side or forsake me as, as Christ did not leave the church and forsake his, his church. Um, Stefano here is, is a brother in Christ and he stuck, even though I did my, my drugs and, and, you know, literally almost jeopard, I jeopardized truly our relationship, uh, our friendship that we had because of my, my immorality, because of my pride. But he still stood afar and, and prayed for me and, and kept loving me in the distance. And those prayers were, by the grace of God, uh, granted and, and answered. And uh, I'm here... Mm reconciled with with probably the best friend that I could ever have in this life and I'm blessed by the Lord to have to have a true friend like this so yeah thanks man really really nice words we need nice words I feel like you're you're a little bit pumping me up you know (laughs) kind of but but thank you um yeah I mean honestly I'm just you know I'm kind of just like everything that you said I'm you know I'm kind of wow is wow that's all I can say um and for anyone, you know, whether it's drug use or just anything that you're really struggling with, because we all do struggle with certain things. And let me tell you something, just because I'm Christian, just because Stephen's Christian, it doesn't mean that we're perfect, that we're not struggling with things that we haven't in the past. We, 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 we have. And, and the, the incredible thing is that the difference between us and other people is that we know where our hope is found. We know where to look and where to turn and say, you know what, God, I'm just going to leave this to you. I don't know, you know what I mean? And this is what, I, yeah. this is what I've been praying to God recently. I've been saying, you know, God, you know, give me clarity for the future. Help me to hear your voice. Help me to give me guidance because, you know, and, you know, protect me from the schemes of the enemy, from deceit, from lies. Because a lot of times, you know, if I'm very tired or if something doesn't go right my way or something like that, I can have depressing thoughts. I could be depressed and I don't want that. So I say, you know, get away in Jesus name. You know what I mean? Life gets harder. The more, when you come to Christ, life gets immediately harder, but it gets harder and harder and harder. It just keeps getting harder. But because we now have Christ and we have the help of his spirit, we can now face uh, whatever trial he sends our way with a greater confidence in knowing that he will drag us out if it's his will. In Jesus name, all, all that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff. Um... Yeah, like helping us out, I would definitely say that. Um, yeah, so I would just say try God out, test God. I told one of my other friends this recently who is kind of 
he's at the beginning stages um, of he still has a lot of questions uh, to God for God you know the beginning stages of his Christianity so I would say for anyone uh, try God out what do you have to lose what do you really have to lose exactly. you don't you don't have anything to lose and yeah. I, you really don't I mean try uh, you know try and see what happens and I tell you if you if you seek earnestly then you God will find deliver. it Jeremiah so, says, "If you seek with him with your whole heart, you shall you shall truly find him." Yeah, and if yeah. you if you want freedom from whatever you're dealing with, and now I'm speaking to me, I'm speaking to Stephen too. I think that you know, at the end of the day, seek God, seek Jesus, and and you know, leave it in His hands. And that's the only thing I can say. You know, not coming from perfection, I have days that are not good. Okay, but at the end of the day, I have days when sometimes I feel depressed at certain points. I have those days, but at the same time, I know that. Uh, God is God is with me, and I seek Him all the time, every day. I talk to Him every day, a lot of times during the day. So do that, and come back to me. Let me know what happens. Let me know how God, you know, speaks to you, whatever. Uh, so moving on uh, from that great time, we're gonna talk about something else. Um, kind of having to do with Christianity, but we're gonna talk about service and recent service. So there have been things that have been changing. You know, since you are kind of, uh, you know. You came back to God. Is that the right thing I can say? Or you, you got saved. I got saved, yeah. Yeah, since you, since you got saved, right, some things have been changing. One of the things that have been changing, one thing that I noticed is that um, you've done some service, uh, some service to help other people with the church. So what you've done is um, you've done a homeless ministry in Patterson, correct? There's this, there's this park in Patterson that I actually went with you one time to see what you do. And basically you just... Um, Food is offered to people who are homeless in Patterson, and then you share with them the gospel. You're there with them, you know, you, you love on them, and you just, you know, you pray with them, you do all that stuff. So I want to know more about that. And also, too, uh, you, do, you do prayer walks um, on the streets of Patterson, or you've done that before. So I, w- I want to know how that's like, because you've described it to me, it's pretty incredible. And some experiences you've had, and what you've learned. Yeah, so my first, when I first got saved... I joined this church, uh, Calvary Temple in uh, in Wayne, and I'm currently going to a another church, um, but I still go to Calvary Temple's um, their ministry that's that's leading the homeless ministry in in Patterson, Patterson, New Jersey, and Patterson, New Jersey. If you are from another state or from even from out the country, it's a it's a town, a city, I should say located in the United States, um, located in New Jersey, and it's it's plagued with heroin, it's plagued with drug use, prostitution, gang violence, death. It's just it's the bottom of the barrel. It's it's very dangerous. It's it's a it's the epitome of of the world we live in, Patterson, New Jersey. And but I have a heart for this place uh, because ever since I got saved, I started assisting with just feeding the homeless and then the feeding became um, witnessing and then the witnessing became a greater love for the homeless and also just witnessing for the sake of, of Christ and the gospel. Um, but I've been doing it for about, it's going to be a year and a half, almost two years now. And, um, it's something that will never get old to me because you see these people and I've actually, and I'm currently actually walking alongside people when we walk the streets of Patterson who were once those homeless people that we witnessed to and feed, um, they are now saved by the grace of God and actually serving in his kingdom and trying to share the, the gospel of Christ to others. But we, what we do there is, is, is not, um, 
it's it's just simply feeding them, giving them something, giving them love, but also being used by God to share the gospel with them. So, yeah, I mean, let me just say that's pretty incredible because I don't know how many young people our age now. Well, we're both 20, right? Yeah. yeah. So I don't know how many young people our age or people, even in high school, I didn't hear about people who were doing this. You know what I mean? In high school, we had this thing called Key Club. I think you have that in built in your high school too. Yeah. But yeah, Key Club was some support. Some it was community service as well. But I wouldn't say it's necessarily. I don't know if they do a homeless outreach, but you've done it, and I think that's pretty incredible. And I think that anyone who's listening, you know, would say that that's pretty incredible. Um, now, in terms, I want I want to talk about also your the prayer walks that you do on the streets of Patterson. What what does it look like to do that? You know what I mean? Like, what why why are you doing it what does it look like to do it and what are some of your experiences that that you've had while while walking the streets of patterson so when we walk we typically pick up before we walk we of course uh we pray but we we take these uh what we call care packages it has a toothbrush toothpaste um granola bars just food and and the bare necessities um that people will need soap people homeless people love you know socks as well um if you think about it if if you put yourself just just take take 10 seconds if, even if you have to pause this podcast but take 10 seconds and think what if you were homeless what if you had nothing what would you want in that time i mean literally if if you had nothing and you just had some clothes on your back you had absolutely no family nothing at all what would you want most and some of these people simply just want socks and food and and uh, even beside food just soap so they can get clean um, but what we do is we, we take these, these materials, these supplies, and we walk, um, a planned out route that we have established. We split up into two teams and, um, we walk on both sides of the street and eventually come to one place where it, uh, almost like if you guys are familiar with Manhattan, um, the, the, <laughs> I think it's called the iron building or the, the, um, mm. Every the streets come to a point. Are you talking about that triangular building? Yeah, um, the flat iron building. That's I think what it's called. Um, the streets come to a, a point of in, uh, of inter intersection and and uh, they intercept each other. But it's a point where both streets collide and become one street. And we meet up there and then we walk together back to um, Lou Costello Park where we usually feed the homeless. So we walk about two miles um, one way and then walk that one way back. Um, but what it typically looks like is um, seeing just broken people, seeing people, also people from their everyday lives, their everyday walk of life. But because of the area and the neighborhood, people are less fortunate. They have low-paying jobs with uh, with maybe five children and do not have enough to supply for their families. So um, they live in, in a bad neighborhood. And you may see you know gang members on the side of the street uh, shot up or, you know, you may see people on drugs and I witnessed... Wait, what do you mean shot up? Like, are you talking about drugs or are you talking about actually... Like, actually, people pulling out guns? People, people pulling out... I was in one scenario where we were walking, handing out Bibles and we didn't have any food at the time. We ran out of peanut butter jelly sandwiches and, um, this man pulled out what looked like a knife, but it could have been a gun. I mean, there's, there was times where We've seen people flashing their guns across the street, but, but it this was metal, case, right? It was something metal. Yeah, probably. this this case scenario, I know for sure it was a knife, and I was in the front of the group, like, and I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm Brazilian and Puerto Rican, but I look like a, a pretty stereotypical European 
white kid, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. So I'm walking in a predominantly Hispanic, and I'm Hispanic myself, but I'm walking in a predominantly Hispanic and African-American neighborhood, and um, this individual pulled out a knife in front of me, and I'm not even paying attention. The The guy, Mike, his name, was behind me. He's a bigger guy. He kind of was like the bodyguard of the group. Went and was going to pull me aside, but before he could do that, uh, as the man was pulling out the knife, I said, hey, does anybody want Bibles? And he put the knife away real quick, and he says... Uh, and he says in Spanish, "Oh Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to disturb you." <laughs> Just like that, like he he said, you know, "Dios te bendiga." I'm I'm so sorry. You know, God be with you. And this, he really, he really literally, it, it was gonna be like a gang fight. It was like five or six of his people, you know, standing in the front lawn of somebody else that he was obviously gonna have a, a confrontation with. And they had about ten people there, and they turned him around immediately, and we we kind of. Just put fire on, I mean, put water on the fire and just really, and I was totally oblivious to the whole situation, but it's, bottom line is, it's a very dangerous neighborhood and, and thank God we we're safe, but what we do is evangelize, feed, and and have our lives yeah, change. Yeah, you know what, man, I feel like, I feel like, a slight clap, if you can hear that, for him, slight clap, no, slight clap for him and everyone who does Lord. that. Yeah, praise yeah, and also to God too, we'll do that, because... That's something incredible, man. I mean, to put yourself... We talk about skydiving, putting your life on the line. <laughs> Technically, we can be talking about going to areas where there's a lot of unrest and violence, maybe like where you went, and we can say that you are putting your life on the line there. It looks like, at least it looks like it, from, from the naked eye. When you talk about, you know, God and, you know, spiritual things, then it's a different... Yeah. I, I think it's a different story, you know what I mean? Because, you know, you, got the, you have the protection of God, but... Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty incredible, man. So... I want to, we're kind of wrapping this up now. I want to ask you this question. For anyone who is interested in service, uh, community service, or helping other people that are in need, um, or is not really too sure on whether or not on, on that at all, hasn't really been thinking about that. What is the importance of service and why should they be serving? I think in a general sense, um, just example, I'm going to be going to Denver, Colorado, uh, to see my uncle and my aunt in um, in one week, actually. And Denver, Colorado, compared to New Jersey, is a very tightly knit community that supports, everybody supports each other. I, I noticed how different their life is over there compared to New York City or even New Jersey, where people are in their own little world doing their own little thing for um, themselves or even for others. It's not very publicized. It's very low-key and kept quiet. But in Denver, example, I saw on TV, a commercial was showing a woman who was handing out garbage bags to the homeless because the homeless wanted garbage bags because they did not want to pollute neighborhoods that they were living and sleeping in. And people were donating garbage bags after that commercial left and right and helping the homeless um, have you know other places to stay. And even not just for the homeless, even for police and for you know people around town or if you want to... You know, Make a veteran smile. You go and bring your children to this place where you draw pictures for them. It's the simplest things over there that make people smile so so much. Um, so I just, ultimately, I serve for the Lord. I serve whatever service it is. It's for the Lord. Do all that you do for the glory of God, as Paul said. But ultimately, just it's, it's, it's it feels so good to serve others. Um, and when you do... And even it's even proven by scientists when you go and you go ahead and serve 
others or give to others you feel you get this adrenaline rush whatever you call this dopamine release that you feel good you feel good that you you just help somebody so why not i mean why not help somebody why not help somebody who who just lost a, a father or a mother or who lost everything or who who just is down in the dumps or if you don't even know them and they look sad just go up to that person you know get out of your comfort zone and say you know are you are you having a good day my name is so and so um can we talk or it may seem so out of the ordinary in in today's day and age but 30 50 200 years ago people talked on a regular basis and drop the cell phone drop the social media and get out and and talk to somebody and help somebody for for the sake of living this life now yeah and, and i would say too that i we've all seen people who are um, begging for or begging for money or asking for money on the side of the road or when you know you stop at a stoplight then people come to maybe I've heard wash your windows or just with a cup yeah. for you to put change in or money in and to actually say hi how are you doing or actually do this that's that's almost unseen exactly. I'm gonna be honest I know that you have done that you do that but most people I would say that I that I haven't heard that so I'm gonna assume that most people don't do that and I feel like yeah if more people, if more people did that type of thing, and actually, it, it's like a barrier. It's like an unseen barrier. You know what I mean? Because of somebody doesn't look the same, or somebody, you know, you 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 kind of see that they're in a certain era, time of life that is not the best. You know what I mean? They might stink. They might be dirty. They might not look like you. They might not have the the most fashionable clothes. They might not this and that. But at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Actually, breaking through that that unseen barrier, but it's almost like there's a barrier. At least to me, I feel like then that's that's a quite incredible thing man and i'd say that if more people did that then this world would be would be a better place i think yeah and not even and if you take it farther than even just uh talking about talking to people with homeless uh, talking to other homeless people even people who might be of the same social class or whatever have you ever been on a new york city subway because people don't really talk to each other that much yeah it's like almost like you know people are going we we basically want what? What do we want the same things? You know what I mean? Sure, basically the same things. What We all have the basic needs. Water, food, uh, other people to be around. All basic needs, the same ones. But, you know what I mean? We might have different jobs. We might have this, but we're all taking the same subway, no matter what class you're from, no matter where you're from. And at the end of the day, it's kind of like, bruh, nobody's really talking to each other. Yeah. So okay. that that is what I call the unseen barrier. And I think that that is, and maybe, yeah, that is an enemy to uh, progress if anything, yeah, that's an enemy to progress, that's an enemy to making friends and to get to know more people and to make life more enriching. So when we talk about dropping into life, we also mean breaking breaking into somebody's reality. Exactly. That's what I like to call it. And actually yeah. saying, you know what? Hi, how you doing? Whatever. And getting to know somebody. Beautiful things. You know what I mean? So and true. we need each other. We need each other. And so that's true. the reality. So, And to do what you're doing in terms of the service is, is amazing. So I applaud you for that. Applaud God, of course. That's right. Um, and... Last but not least, I want to talk to you very quickly. We have about probably two minutes, but very quickly about future plans for you. What are you planning? How's your life going right now? What's going on? So life right now, um, I'm currently, this Friday, it's currently Wednesday, uh, Tuesday, I'm sorry. Uh, this Friday, I'll be going to the Adirondacks with a friend, as I mentioned before. And then right after that, on Tuesday, I'll be going straight to Denver, Colorado to see my uncle. And then in October, I will be going to visit a university in which I really um, have been praying about and have a desire to go to. It's called Masters University in uh, Santa Clarita, um, northern Los Angeles. So 
Future plans is to go to that university, but even bigger than that, to be used by God to travel the whole world and um, evangelize, evangelize the gospel. That's that's my heart's desire. That's my biggest, most, the largest goal I have, and it's pretty general as well, but um, I have a few other goals, but yeah, short-term goals, travel, 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 finish Love school travel. at Essex County, um, get my associates, and then go transfer to Master's University. Um, if it's even the Lord's will that I go to another university. Um, but that's my, my plans right as of right now. Um, just travel. Stefano and I have been talking about future plans and travel. I definitely want to backpack. No, I definitely will backpack Europe with Stefano one day. Um, but we'll plan it out. It's just a matter of, matter of planning and uh, doing it. Not even the funds. A matter of planning, in my opinion. Yeah, I, f- I feel like travel. that could be... Uh, yo, and you know what? I want you to stay tuned for travel and for me for travel as well because I, I have somebody line. I want to line this person up. Uh, recently, I saw this person on Instagram. This person has gone to many different countries. I want to talk to the person about travel. Ooh. So stay tuned about that. The that person has good. gone to like... That's 11 true. countries or something like that. Really the person's good. around our age. So, um, yeah. So, thank you for coming, Stephen. I really appreciate it. Some great words. Hopefully, you guys listen to the end and continue dropping into life. With this podcast, my mission is to interview various people from different backgrounds to share their unique stories and takes on life. This is an extension of my story. This is an extension of your story. This is Dropping Into Life Podcast. Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank I will talk with me. you. Very good. And catch me.